All who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here, age relives fond memories of the past. I'm a real boy! You want thingamabobs? I got 20. 10,000 years will give you such a crick in the neck. We This is the Magic on a Dollar podcast with David Dollar. Welcome, welcome, welcome again to the Magic on a Dollar podcast. As the uh, the the proud man said at the very beginning of the show, I am David Dollar here on episode twenty four of the Magic on a Dollar podcast. Uh, we're twenty four episodes in, and I think we're getting better. I, I actually went back and listened to the first couple of episodes, and I was like, ooh. Thankfully, I'm improving a little bit. We have a little sound to it, a little better quality, a slightly better studio. Kind of the, my broom closet is a little bit bigger here. If you want to hear the previous episodes, though, go to the magiconadollar.com webpage and click on the podcast page, and you'll see all the episodes that are there and all the summaries of everything we've talked about, everything from Walt Disney history to the Haunted Mansion history to the Keys to the Kingdom tour to dining plans and things like that. That's all in there. Got a great show for you today. Is we're going to touch on a little bit of news, some character stuff, uh, some Euro Disney Park opening history. History and we'll even talk a little bit about what to do when it's just really busy and it's just crazy at the parks and you don't know what to do. But I can't handle a topic like that all on my own. I have to bring in a professional, an expert, if you will, a good friend of mine up there in Amish country of Pennsylvania. Yeah, I don't really know where she's from. She's from Pennsylvania, so I assume everybody in Pennsylvania is Amish. So my good friend Jennifer Novotny, how are you, Jennifer? That's right. You're the first, second time guest on the Magic on a Dollar podcast, and so we had you on episode fifteen or sixteen or something like that, you know, a couple months ago, and uh, so that was a lot of fun. And you were, of course, co-host of the Divas Dish Diz podcast. Yeah, correct. I'm on the Divas Dish Diz podcast every week. Dish and Disney. Love being on podcasts just to talk about all my passions and yeah, all all about Disney. Well, you love being a diva, and you love dishing on Disney, whether it's on the Divas Dish Dish cast or another podcast. You love just exactly, dishing Disney. And, and your show is fun. For the listeners, the show is fun because it's basically a bunch of women talking about Disney and giggling and laughing, and they get sidetracked and sidebarred on various random things. And, you know, they bring on various guests and stuff. And uh, um, there have been there have been a few guests I really like. There's one or two guests. that There's a book that – there's a guest that came out till not too long ago, and he, he wrote a book that – I just, I couldn't get through. I tried. I tried so hard. I was just like, oh, I just, I couldn't do it. I'm not going to say who it is. I don't want to disparage it. I, at least you listen to all of them. But I was just, it's just, you know, I was like, I want to, I want to like this book. And I just, but anyway, happier things, happier news. So let's knock out some news real quick. We'll talk about some Disney news, some things that are happening around the Disney world uh, as we speak. And of course, you can just hop in and we'll just talk about it first. Top of the, uh, top of the news, the trio of characters set to leave Disney's Animal Kingdom. I don't know what you've heard about this, but I do know that King Louie and Baloo and Flick are no longer going to be meeting guests at Animal Kingdom. Uh, which, for the yes. longest time, I didn't know that Flick was actually regularly meeting him. I would just only see him every now and then when I went. But I know Baloo and King Louie were meeting over in the corner, and they're not they're not going to be there anymore, which is very sad, by the way. That is very sad. I will tell you what. I am like... I'm a, I'm a little bit upset because that's one of the things that I like to be able to tell my guests whenever they would go. Like, hey, guess what? Here's like these great place for character meets. And I never found that the lines were bad. Did you? Right. No, the lines were not very long at all. Because a lot of times with Louie and, and Baloo, they were kind of tucked off onto the sides. You had to know they were there. And so that's why the lines were never really that long because, you know, you walk by, you see them by the corner of your eye behind a tree or something. You're like, oh, that's Baloo and King Louie. And so let's go get in line. There's, you know, a handful of people there. Right. But even if there were, you know, longer lines, that's the only place you can meet those characters. It's not like they're just abounding everywhere else. Uh, and my problem right. with this is that 
they're not replacing with any, any other characters. So it's not like they're, hey, let's bring in the characters from Bolt or the characters from Brother Bear or whatever. To, I don't know who wants to meet Brother Bear characters, but you know, <laughs> hey, let's bring them in. But they're not replacing them. And it's, you've got yeah. the space to put characters and you don't have them there. I just, I don't get that. That's, I don't either. I'm confused. Yeah, I'm very confused. That's very odd. But they are clearing the way for characters in the Donald's Dino Bash, which, by the right. way, I kind of found out about this like yesterday. So I don't really even, I, I guess I didn't keep up or I missed that memo from, from Bob Iger uh, about this. But the Disney announced the Donald's Dino Bash character experience, bringing rare characters, mm-hmm. Launchpad McQuack and Scrooge McDuck to Disney Animal Kingdom. Uh, so, of course, they'll be joined by familiar faces Daisy and Goofy and Pluto and Chip and Dale. And that's going to be happening over in the Dino Land area. Which is really cool, by the way, because that, that area needs – I don't want to say it needs help. It's a fun area, but I feel it like is. that's a very ignored part of the park um, because, you know, the three rides, Primeval World, Triceratops Spin, and you've got the Dinosaur the Ride. Dinos, yeah. Uh, but, you know, everybody's like, oh, my gosh, it's a safari, and let's do the – let's go, you know, take a train Light over passage. to Planet Watch. Right. There's Pandora, and there's Everest, and like, oh, there's a dinosaur part of the park? So Yeah, what no, you- I agree. What do you know about the Dino Bash? I mean, what's what's all happening at the Dino Bash? Well, I mean, honestly, from what I can tell, like you you mentioned the um, the rare characters. I know it's hosted by Donald and Daisy. I want to say there's like dance parties supposed to be happening because I've read into Always love it dance a little. Bit. Yeah, I like who doesn't love a good dance party. Um, but I do think it's really going to draw some attraction into that Dino Land area. Um, I know that that's sort of like each park for the Incredible Summer is having, you know, something, right. and that's that's their kind of their shtick um right. which i do have to say i i feel like donald doesn't always get a lot of love so right. i'm glad that he right. sort of gets to host something and um i loved the disney afternoon when i was growing up so the fact that i can see like launchpad mcquack is you know pretty, That's pretty well cool. making me happy now if they could bring darkwing duck out too oh my gosh that would be great i've like, heard the darkwing duck shows up on some of the races like some of the marathons i think he just randomly appears I have, which would be incredible i've seen him a couple dvc events too yeah, that's that's like, just fantastic. Darkwing. Like I love See, it. That, and that's a character you could bring in place of Louie and Baloo and Flick. See? And there you go. I want random 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 aside, I remember going to Animal Kingdom some years ago, and this wasn't a decade ago. This was maybe four or five years ago. And as you're walking up, before you even get to, into the gates, there was a series of characters lined up over between the trees on your right side as you walked in. There was yes. Flick. And there was Br'er uh-huh. Bear and, and, and Br'er Fox, and there was yep. an, uh, another character. There was like four characters, and you didn't even have to go into the park to meet them. Um, and I remember because we had to make the decision of do we go ahead and go to the park and hit Everest because Everest was still extremely the popular ride there. Right. Uh, and Or do we veer off and meet Flick? What do we do? And I think we met the characters, but – but I mean, it's, that was great. It was wonderful. It was right there, and and now that doesn't they don't do that anymore, and it just makes me sad. They need to come on, Disney. You need you need to get your connections with all your authors and your Imagineers and stuff, and and get this up the chain to make this make this better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that um, I think there's a, there's a little bit of room there for sure. Yeah, there is. There's a little bit. There of room. is. So switching over to Hollywood Studios, Toy Story Land opening June 30th, which Woo! we're all excited about. Have you got a pass yet? Do you are you going to opening day or do you know? Um, so I don't think I'm going to the media event this time. I'm kind of bummed. I think Christine is going though, okay. um, which that's that's good. I'm happy for her, um, right. and I'm only slightly jealous. And then, right. um, but I'm definitely going opening day because I booked my hotel and my annual pass is good, so nice. I will be there opening day regardless. Nice, nice. I think I'm going to go sometime in August. I'm going to wait a month or two to, to get my 
until everything goes to value rate. I think April 12th is when it's regular vacation season, and then the 13th, uh, say April, August 13th begins value season. So I'm going to go after that and try to you know, go down there for a couple of days and hit Toy Story Land, which should nice. be insane. Unfortunately, Disney Sweet Spells is closing for a major refurbishment <gasps> on the 16th of April. The last day of operation will be the 15th, and it will no longer be the Sweet Spells. It will be a Toy Story merchandise uh, land only. Okay. No other place in the park will have Toy Story stuff except for Toy Story Land other than this shop here. Um, and this is – and for those of you who don't know, because a lot of times you'll, you'll people will call it names of shops. And, like, it takes me forever to figure out where the Keystone Co- Clothier is. I'm like, is that the one on Sunset in America? I don't know. <laughs> um, so, Sweet Spells, if you don't know what this is, this is the quote-unquote villain's shop. Yes. As you're walking in into Hollywood Studios, as you cut right and you're going towards a, a, a Rock and Roller Coaster and Tower of Terror – there on the left side as you're cutting is that sweet shop, and it's like a villain's shop where they had a whole Jack and, and Sally and Nightmare mm-hmm. Before Christmas section. They had all kinds of villain-themed items and yep. things, and they had a whole pastry and bakery and stuff, and that's going away, and it kind of makes me sad because I, I that shop's been there forever. Yes. it's I Honestly, I loved that shop because it was so unique and that you could get villain things there that you cannot get many other places i mean not that they they are sprinkling them more and more into just sort of everyday merchandise because the villains are becoming pretty popular but i mean i just love that it was very different from other things and sometimes it have fudge samples which right is always good so i'm bummed and i love like i don't want them to take the little cauldron you know like the the the, um oh the old hag yes you know the little animatron not animatronic what would you call it? The, like the window display the, thing. The window display. Yeah, the movie yeah, window display. Yeah, the movie yes. display. I loved it, like dipping the apple. Right. And I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm sentimental and that store has been there. Well, it's it's not just that. It's also that that doesn't really exist in any other shops. And exactly. I, I, I like I like I love when Disney has certain merchandise in certain parks that you can only, only get in get those there. places. Like yes. Morimoto over in Haunted Mansion, that stuff you can only get at that shop. If you don't go there, you don't get it. And I think there's right. a, there's an air of exclusivity to it that yes. you know, it, like I was there, I went there and I got it rather than hey, I bought this Haunted Mansion thing at the Contemporary Shop or hey, I bought this this uh, this villains thing over at you know D- Disney Springs right. that, that you know used to only be sweet spells. And for a long time, I don't I, I'm I don't I don't know if you knew this or, or had recognized this or not. They kind of had park exclusive merchandise, and then they veered to this whole like. Like just Disney. Every parks. park had everything. Yes. Like you could get Disneyland stuff at Disney World, Disney World stuff at Disneyland. Across the board, it was just yeah. stu- it just at Disney parks. And now I think they're starting to gear more towards park exclusivity stuff, which I really like. I mean, I really want to keep it that way. And and to speak to this one, I like having the sweet spell shop there. I like yeah. having sweet spell stuff that you can only get there. And it makes me angry when I find a shirt I can only find it one place. But again, I like the idea that I can only get it at that place and I have to go there. And yeah. I didn't get it. So it's my fault. Rather right. than, oh, it's going to be in four different places. You know, let's just look at it there. No, I, to- I totally agree. And it used to be that um, – the key- it's funny. You talked about Keystone Clothiers. That was always one of my, like, oh, my gosh, in Hollywood Studios, I'm going to find something here right. that I'm not going to find anywhere else. Like, I'm going to find this merch. And – our family went. Our family went last week, and there was there's there's a new style of shirts that are coming out, and there's they're almost like Hawaiian shirts or Hawaiian print shirts, but they've got oh. logos all over them. And I've seen attraction logos all over one shirt. There's a oh, resort cool. shirt, resort shirt logo all over the shirt. It's really really cool. And that's the one that I wanted, um, and I kept and I, I, I like I'd seen it. Somebody had been wearing it, and I was like, this is an incredible shirt. I want to find this shirt. And he was like, I don't, I've had it for, I've had it for a while now. I don't remember where I got it. So I was looking around for it, and um, I was in. 
my family went. So my, my wife and my mother-in-law were in World Showcase at the Germany shop. They were doing stuff. So I had my son in the stroller. We were actually in Future World. So we were completely separated by the entire park. Went to the – we went on the Figment ride, Journey into Imagination. Right. Because he's six, and that's why he loves it. I'm not six, and I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> but we come out of the gift shop. Guess what? That shirt is right there. It's right there. And I'm like, oh, this is wonderful, except all of my cash, all of my money, and everything is with my wife in Germany, and I have nothing. I don't, I have like maybe 2 or $3 of cash in my pocket for something to drink, and that's it. Everything I left, uh, left over there. So I couldn't buy the shirt, and it was like six fifty. And I knew that Journey closed before the rest of the park did, so I asked the cast member, I'm like, when, is it, when does this attraction, clo- attraction close? Oh, it closes at 7. What about the shop? Oh, it also closes at 7. And I'm like, oh. oh. Did not see that shirt anywhere. And I told my wife about it. She was very, she, she felt bad. She was like, I'm so sorry. We, we split it for that long. And so we went looking for the shirt, and I couldn't find it. And she couldn't find it. And it was, I mean, that's $50 I could have saved, or I, I should have, or I'm glad I probably saved. But at the same time, I'm like, really? Like, that's. The one time they don't have the shirt in every other shop in the history of Disney is the one time I find a shirt that I want. Really? Yeah. Now, wait a minute. I got to ask. You didn't have anything on your magic band? We weren't. We were at the Swan. Oh, okay. We were at the Swan, which is another episode, by the way. I'll talk about the Swan at some point in the future episode because there are some differences in the Swan and Dolphin. There are. There are. Um, I liked my stay. I liked it okay. I'm glad we got back to a, to an actual park itself, but uh, or an actual resort itself. We stayed our last night at, at Coronado. Ah, uh, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it wasn't on my Magic Band. I had nothing on me, and like I had a, I had a a. It, this is a travel tip, by the way. You can go to Walmart. and I bought this for four dollars. It's like a necklace lanyard thing you put around your neck, and it has a little little pouch with pockets on it and zippers on it or whatever. You put your ID, you put your boarding passes, put cash in it. I had left that with them. Oh, um, and so all I had in my pocket was just a couple of dollars and that was it. And I was just like, Ugh, really? Oh, so no. that, that was the whole night. So anyway, so final bit of news here, the, the fast passes for Toy Story Mania have, I, I want to say officially, maybe unofficially, but this is how it's going to break down. Basically, yeah. um, they're, they're tiered. And for those of you who don't know what that is, that means that, uh, Epcot, Animal Kingdom and Hollywood Studios have, when you pick your fast passes, they say pick one ride out of these really, really good rides. Now, pick two rides out of these rides that aren't quite as good. Now, that really comes to play when you look at Epcot. Pick one ride oh, out of Test Track, Frozen, or Sword. Now, pick two out of Figment or the Pixar Film Festival or, or maybe Live with the Land. Yeah, Spaceship You know, all these, all these rides that don't need Fast Passes, just pick two out of those. Ugh. Um, well, Toy Story is going to go to this, of course. With, and they've had this. With, they've had the, uh, the, the tier with... Um, they have. Uh, Toy Story Mania, uh, the Beauty and the Beast show, uh, Rock and Roller uh, Coaster, Rock and Roller Coaster, and uh, maybe was it Fantasmic? Maybe, uh, yeah, and Fantasmic <laughs> is up there. Although, wait, I'm just gonna have to pause at this. I never yeah. did understand why Beauty and the Beast was in tier one. Not Neither because did I don't I. love it, because I, I, I do. I, I don't get me wrong, I love it. But uh, my tier guess, one? my guess only was because that was something that would be a lot of fast passes for. True. And if you get on there late and you don't have anything else left in tier one, you just grab that. That's my only guess. I think that's why living with the land was in, uh, was in the first for the for longest time. Epcot in that tier one. Oh, that Epcot made no sense to me. Soren's gone. Test track's gone. Frozen's gone. Let me just grab living with the land. Cause I got to have a tier one fast pass, yeah. which I don't think you actually have to. No, have you don't. Pass. I've actually but done it where I've done three. A lot tier of people twos. don't know that. Yeah. A lot of, but then in Epcot, what else are you going to do? But for Hollywood Studios, Ailing Swirling Saucers, Slinky Dog Dash, and Toy Story Mania are your first, your, your top tier. You pick one of those. Tier 2 attractions, Beauty and the Beast, Disney Junior, Fantasmic, mm-hmm. Frozen Sing-Along, Indiana Jones, Muppet Vision, Rock and Roller Coaster, Star Tours, Tower of Terror, and Voyage of the Little Mermaid. The important thing in this is that Rock and Roller Coaster drops to Tier 2. Woohoo! 
That's going to be a big deal. That is a um, big so deal. So really, when you're grabbing fast passes, you got to grab one, and then you got to go over and grab Rock and Roller Coaster. Yeah, and exactly. So, uh, although, when I'm planning fast passes for families, and I, I know that you probably have similar strategies as well, I always try to think to myself, if it's a family that's going to get there at opening, which I always encourage families to do oh, that, yeah. no matter how early, get there before opening. Rock and Roller Coaster is one that I never get a fast pass for. I always recommend going there first. The first yep. thing you do is Agreed. you go into the park, you cut right, you do Rock and Roller Coaster, and as you're walking back up that hill, Tower of Terror is right there. Within the first hour or so, it's probably 30 minutes after opening. Since you've done Rock and Roller Coaster, knocked out. It's 30, 45 minutes after opening. Tower of Terror typically is not insane, which right. means you can knock that one out uh, if you don't have a fast pass for it. And then you go do your fast passes for Toy Story and for Star mm-hmm. Tours and for. So that's been my yeah. that's been my my opinion on that. So what your thoughts on on current fast passes at Hollywood? Current, currently, I mean like like let's let's go before Toy Story Land opens. Yes. Yeah, if you are if it's a family, I usually say listen, do the Toy Story fast pass and yeah, go first thing to Rock and Roller Coaster because sometimes it's a, it's a situation with rider swap too where the yes, kiddos are true. too they're too small to ride it, but it's just parents want to ride and there's that great single rider line on Rock and Roller Coaster. Right. So sometimes that's, you know, kind of the situation. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. But yeah, that, that works. Yeah, but that really works if you have smaller ones or ones that are just too afraid. But then, right. you know, there are the situations where it's like, okay, I have a 10-year-old who wants to ride it, but then I've got a, you know, my four-year-old is, you know, too short. Well, that's fine, too, um, because first thing in the morning, I mean, it's rarely more than 20 minutes. Yeah, it's you not. I mean, like you're that. walking you're walking around on the right. And that goes really for any park. The yeah. first thing in the morning Epcot typically is Soarin' Chest Tracker Frozen. Those are the three big ones. Yep. Magic Kingdom is Mine Train, probably Space Mountain, maybe Big Thunder, but usually it's Mine Train. Mine Train, um, yep. And then, and then, of course, at uh, Animal Kingdom, it's Pandora, the Pandora rides. Go there first. Go straight there, and you'll be you'll be done with that ride in the first hour. If it's Flight of Passage, probably the first thirty minutes. If the uh, if it's the other ones, yeah, because the park has to fill up. I mean, everybody's coming behind you. Not everybody's there at park openings. The park has to fill up. The rides have to fill up, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Which means if you should get there at ten or ten thirty, don't be surprised if all your wait times are like you know forty five minutes or an oh, hour. Oh yeah, I mean. If you plan to go late into the park, you actually have to plan your trip completely yes. differently than if you're going to do a park opening. Yep. That means you need to have a travel planner like myself or yes. like Jennifer Novotny from Upon a Star Travel or myself from Magic on a Dollar Travel Planning. Either one, we'll take care of you. We'll take so, care of you, exactly. Little little Disney history for you, and I love talking Disney history. Um, live action feature musical Newsies released in theaters nineteen this week in 1992. I have never seen Newsies. I, um, what? This is one of those I've just never gotten around to seeing. Directed by Kenny Ortega, who directorial, directorial debut, who also did the High School Musical movies. I've seen all the High School Musical movies, okay. including High School Musical 3, which I really enjoy. Um, 3. I enjoy the 3, not the other I two. I was going to say, one. wait a minute. But <laughs> we might have to I, have I don't a whole other podcast about this. Uh, <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> I love High School Musical 3. I think it's a fun movie. I think it's great. It's theatrical. Like the, I the quality of the first one and two to watch 3. <laughs> The, the the first two are not very good, but I, High School Musical three I think it's fun. I love the music. I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a Zac Efron fan, so I think he's great. Um, Walk Away is one of my favorite songs in that. The other one that, that, that I can never think of the name of it, but um, it's Troy Bolton and Gabriel Montez singing together before he like takes off. I, oh, I love that song. Okay, yeah, yeah, the yeah. ending of it with high, the High School Musical song. You know, I love I don't love the movie. I think it's fun. I think it's a really really fun movie. But we're talking about Newsies, which um, is awesome. It's uh, Christian Bale, David Moscow, and Bill Pullman. Uh, Robert Duvall is also in this, Anna Margaret, and Max Casella. Uh, based on the true story of the Newsboys' strike of 18, 1899 in New York City, 
featuring the music of one Alan Menken. I think he went on to do. I think he did a few things here. Maybe and there. a few things uh, for Disney. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure Newsies is at the top of his resume, but uh, clearly. Yeah, he did, so. Of course, it's a musical out now, but I've I've never seen it. I, one of these days, I'm going to get to it. But, the musical's great, too. And actually, we have a local boy from Pittsburgh um, that uh, headlined in Newsies for a while, which was nice. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Well, of course, this week, and Winnie the Pooh celebrating his 92nd birthday. Winnie the Pooh! Uh, this week in 2006, actually, he received his, uh, his a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, the 2308th star given. But yeah, he'll be 92 years old this week. I'm a big Winnie the Pooh fan as well. I love... I love Piglet. Oh my gosh, I think me too. Piglet is so great, man. I think Piglet is so underappreciated because and you really? used to could meet him at the park, and now you can't. Now you can only poo Crystal uh, Palace. Crystal, can you meet Piglet at Crystal Palace? Yeah, Crystal Palace. Can? You can still get Piglet. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. I was because I knew it was Pooh, Eeyore, Piglet, and yeah, I guess Pooh, Eeyore, Piglet, and Tigger. So those are the ones. Rabbit, Palace, so. Rabbit is the one who you very rarely can find. Ah, and gotcha. I love, well. I, Back yeah. in the day, my first time I ever met Piglet, actually, he, they, Pooh and Piglet used to meet guests at the very back of the shop in, in England. Um, oh, yeah. In Epcot. You go back there and you go all the way through the shop, and the very, very back they had Pooh and Piglet. And then they had Piglet out with, you know, you could meet him with uh, some of the other characters and stuff, and then and now he's not there anymore, which is really sad because I'm, I'm a Piglet fan. I like, I like the little pig. So he's cool. All right. So this week in Disney history as well, uh, Tokyo Disney opened up in 1983, Disney's fourth theme park, the first one outside of the United States. Uh, the rain happened that day, of course, um, moving the open ceremony under, under under the cover of the World Bazaar, which is what they call their Main Street USA. Um, among the attractions is Space Mountain, which is basically the exact same version as the one that had the Disneyland. And it's the first Space Mountain to actually open with the park because Disney World built theirs later, Disneyland built theirs later. Uh, I have never been to any of the foreign parks. Do you have any experience in any of the foreign parks besides the ones that are here? I'm sad to say that I don't, but they are all. What? On, I know they're all. All in my How did I even bring list? you on here to the oh show? Just know this stuff. I know. I mean, I'm I'm familiar with them. I can tell you things about the parks. I just I know I'm... they exist. I've heard of them. And so. and like I know that I want to be on Phantom Manor, and I know that I want to be. Like, I've heard Phantom Manor is Man- incredible. I've, I've heard, heard that's Phantom the best Manor. of all of them. So that and um, Mystic Manor, but like I, they're all on my bucket list. I want to go see in Tokyo Disney Sea. I've heard is just incredible. Yes. That's that, one of these days. One of these. I want to yeah. be that guy who who hits all Disney theme parks in like seventy two hours, where he flies against the time and everything, and just you know, because I there was a story of a guy who did it. Maybe it was ninety six hours, but it was like three to four days. He visited every theme park in the world for Disney. Oh, Christopher um, Wing. We yeah, oh, I guess you, we had you him on our had, podcast. You've had him on the show. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. That's fascinating. In, I, I want to be that guy. Right? I don't. I mean, how exhausting must that be? But how much fun at the end of the week? You're like, hey, what'd you do last week? Well, I went to Target and I went down to the beach for a little while. I went hunting. What'd you do last week? Well, <laughs> I went to Disney and Disney and Disney and Disney and Disney. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now I'm broke. <laughs> but, but like, like it, the, the thing was, he did it in 72 hours. That, like, yeah, floored me. Crazy. That is, I mean, and like, I feel like everything has to go right for that. Like, you can't miss flights. You and uh, yeah, and I, and I know he was on the podcast, and I believe I heard that episode, but it was it was quite a while ago, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, let's ago. do it. And so, like, everything has to go right. You can't have missed flights. You can't. You're like you're running. Uh, that's so stressful. It's almost like yeah. doing the WDW 47, where you're trying to do all 47 rides in one day, which uh, I've sort of attempted, and it's extremely hard. Everything has to go right. Uh-huh. Nothing can shut down. Nothing can break. Nothing can be missed. You have everything has to fall in line to do it. That's that's insane. Like yeah. that's yeah. I can't believe that you've even attempted that. I never have. I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I would love. Well, I want. I've never made the official attempt. Which Parkeology.com, they do an official, like an official yeah. registration. Which I would love to be able to do that. Joey, our good friend Joey, our mutual friend. You know, do you know Joey? Don't you? Have you met Joey? Uh, He's a travel agent as well. I think everybody, I feel like I have. I don't think everybody like I know knows Joey, well. which is why I'm assuming you knew Joey. Joey Hill, he's a he's a fellow travel agent. Yeah. And he and I did the, we did the fifty and twenty four hours during Star Wars weekend, the twenty four hour day, Memorial Day ah. weekend. I mean, it was just insanely busy. We waited two hours for Jungle Cruise at two in the oh my morning. God. That's how busy. But we did fifty attractions in twenty four hours, and it was in, it was awesome, but it was tiring and very oh, exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. And I bring this one up only because I didn't know this. Nineteen ninety five, the Polynesian's Papate Bay Veranda changed its name to Ohana Restaurant. I had no idea it was called the Papate Bay. It was something it was called something different. No 1995, idea. Nineteen ninety five, Florida Polynesian's Papate Bay Veranda opened since nineteen seventy one, becomes the Ohana restaurant featuring the world's largest fire pit. And the only reason I know how to sing say Papate Bay is because that is mentioned in the song Southern Cross by Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and I'm a big fan of that song. <laughs> and that's how I – I'd never known how to spell it. I was like, you know, something, something, Papate Bay. That's He sings that, and I'm looking at the word going, oh, that's Papate Bay. I know how to say that. I'm smart. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. That's so funny. <laughs> and finally, this week in 1992, the Euro Disney Resort featuring the Euro Disneyland Park opens in France, east of Paris. A ceremony is broadcast to the entire continent by five national networks. They are – 500,000 visitors expected, only 50,000 admitted because of protests from French people who fear the culture will be damaged by Euro Disney. Um, lots of attractions that were there. You know, they had five hotels, the Hotel Cheyenne, the Santa Fe, Newport Bay Club, Hotel New York, and Disneyland Hotel. They had a campground, the Davy Crockett Ranch. I can't tell you what of these are still there, what's been changed. But I love this story because I'm a big fan of, and, and I think you, you and I may have talked about this, Disney War by James Stewart's one of my favorite books. And it talks about the rise and fall of Michael Eisner in Disney. Yeah. And his whole thing with Disney is, is if, according to the book, and I believe the book because of a lot of evidence behind it, but I believe the book. According to that, Barcelona was throwing themselves at Disney's feet. They wanted Disney to come so badly. They were like, we want you here. Please come here. Here's money. Here's plans. Here's what we'll do for you. Here, Do everything for you. And Michael Eisner had his heart set on Paris. And so he went to Paris, but they used uh, – from, from the book, they used like visitor and touring trends from America and not from France, which is a colossally stupid mistake. Completely yeah. stupid mistake, but that's what they did. So they built the entire Euro Disney based on American vacationing trends, which French vacationing trends are completely totally different. Totally different. And so the resort itself was within two years was like a billion dollars in debt. It was just it. It was a colossal failure for the first year or two. And the book tells us a, a, a meeting of a meeting that where Michael Eisner is just blowing his stack and he's yelling at everybody and he's like, "What in the world's going on? Why why is this failing? What's happening? Hotels aren't being filled and nobody's coming to the park or whatever." And because I mean, Paris, France basically like resisted the park. They they were like, "That's fine, come on, whatever." But they didn't really do anything special for Disney, not like Barcelona was going to do. Right. And somebody at the back of the meeting stood up and was like. Because everybody's been telling you what you want to hear. That's why the park is failing, because nobody wants to tell you anything different. <gasps> um, great book. If you've never read the book, you should. It's, uh, it's, I, I read it want to buy, it's, What's it called? It's, it's called Disney War. Disney War. I know I've heard of it, James, but I never read James it. James Stewart is the author, uh, not the actor, but the author. Um, incredible book. It's also available on audible.com if you want to. It's like an 18-hour listen, but it is, it's an incredible book. The Rise and Fall of Michael Eisner. Um, it's, you find out – and the reason I believe this book – is because towards the end of the book, the guy's interviewing, he's talking to Michael Eisner, and he asks Eisner directly, you know, basically, why did you let me, you know, why haven't you, like, in, like, why haven't you resisted any of this? And Eisner's like, I don't know. I mean, just, you know, whatever. So there's no fight from Eisner. At no point in time did Eisner say that book is slanderous, I'm going to sue you or anything like that. 
So I have to believe most of it's tr- at least most yeah, of it's true. Yeah, because if it was slanderous, he um, would definitely come out. Exactly, because that book, it, it, and Michael Eisner saved the company. Him and Katzenberg and and some other people, they saved animation. But some of the things Eisner does in this book is like, how are you? How are you? Able, what are you doing? It's a it's a ego trip. It's a power ego trip. Uh-huh. Um, the explosion between him and Katzenberg in the mid nineties. Um, you know, the animation falling apart, what happened after John Ritter died in, yeah. in the ABC show, that whole thing, that was a fiasco for Disney because Eisner wanted to turn it into like a special sweeps episode. And they were like, are you, are you, are you insane? What are you doing? You know? And, uh, and then of course, at the culmination of the book, he and somebody else tries to oust Roy Disney and Roy Disney stages a coup, uh, to kick Michael Eisner out, uh, from the CEO position at a shareholders meeting. It's insane. You oh need my to read gosh! The book. Okay, uh, that's fascinating. This is, a, this is a total book review for you, Disney nerds out there, for you Disney Disney people out there. Disney War, James Stewart. I've read it three times, and for me, it's it's one of those books. Like every two to three years, I go back through this book to remember things, wow. and it's also good because there's a lot of history in there too. You kind of find out how the Little Mermaid came to be and how they were in a in a what they called the gong session meeting. Everybody had to come up with ideas, and if they didn't like your idea, they'd bang the gong. And <laughs> somebody in that meeting was like, "I have an idea about a Hans Christian Andersen story about this mermaid," and they were like, "Gong." And so, which thankfully they turned that around and made that better. Um, I think there was I want to say it was be our guest um, that was it Katzenberg did not like that song at all, and he Are wanted it kicked me? out oh of the my movie, gosh. and he wanted something else, and so they ended up ha- they end up fighting on it, and getting getting the song in there, which now it's like a signature song, and um, it's there's a whole, I mean hundreds of anecdotes and stories in that, so I would I would definitely go get that book. So all that is to say. That's our Disney history lesson and, of course, Disney history book review for you there. Um, we want to talk about what happens when it's busy. And I went last week, and, of course, spring break time is a busy time. If you ever go Christmas, it's a busy time. And, you know, what I like to tell people, and I'm sure that you probably have something similar, is when people say, hey, I want to go Christmas, Christmas week, or I want to go spring break week, I always try to warn people it's going to be busy. I mean, don't right. get down there and expect, oh, well, he said it was busy, but it's not that bad. It's going to be busy. You have to have that mentality in mind. It's like going in yes. the summertime. It's going to be hot. If you get down there and complain about the heat and how hot it is, well, you knew it was going to be hot and you chose to go at this time. You know, you knew it was going to be busy. It's spring break. You chose to go this time anyway, so you can't complain about it. We have to plan around that. Mm-hmm. And that's what you have to do. But we found ourselves and, – and I thought about this problem last week. We found ourselves – you know, we would go th- – we had our fast buses all set up. So we were done you know, by like noon, twelve thirty, something like that. We mind train and, and big thunder and small world or or Peter Pan. Get the fast fastest out of the way. And suddenly it's twelve thirty or one o'clock. We're looking on our our, our handy dandy uh, my Disney experience app when it works, and we're looking. We're flipping <laughs> through there, and, and we're like, "What's left?" Well, there's a there's a haunted mansion at six p.m. and a small world at three, and mm-hmm. there's a uh, looks like there's uh there's you know PhilharMagic's at at you know four thirty. I mean, all the big stuff's gone. There's no big thunder. There's no splash. There's no space. There's right. light years. Oh, never and that all the stuff. lines, all of a sudden, the lines are, are really, really long. So what do you do? And that's, I think that's that's something I think we could talk about real quick. Is just kind of for families, what do you do when you did everything right? You did the planning. You have your fast passes, and all of a sudden, you're like, we want to ride Buzz Lightyear, but the line is 45 minutes long, and I have two small kids, or you know, right. Space Mountain is. So, so let's just bounce some ideas real quick. Just and it doesn't have to be a Magic Kingdom. We can talk about any of the parks, but Magic Kingdom really is what come to mind. Um, you know, so so off the top of your head, what, what are you thinking? You know, what do we what? How do we help these families that go there and this happens to them? Right. So, I mean, that's first of all, that's a great question. And I one of the things that I honestly suggest to my families, and this is this is something that it's funny. Even some of my agents are like, "What? Um, Tom Sawyer Island." 
As, that's is, not a bad idea. Not a bad idea as at all. It's a great place to blow off steam because it's out of the crowd. So, you know, a lot of times, like you're talking, it's around like this one o'clock hour. Whereas after right. lunch, people are still out. Well, you don't necessarily want to wait in a line forever. And later on during dinner time, it's going to get a little bit easier to get on the attractions again usually or you can have a fast pass for that time i love right. tom sawyer island the kids can run around they've got the the barrel bridge it's like the little caves that people go through used to be able to find the paintbrush that's a different you know different story right. but, yeah no you know, longer paintbrushes no longer paintbrushes but it's like i don't know it's just great and there's like a little rocking chair area we went there with our friends our friends kids are like turning cartwheels and just like playing around running around like right like, you know, crazy people, and we're like sitting talking on the rocking chairs. It was nice. And, and Tom Sawyer Island is is one of those. It's a it's kind of a hidden gem because people forget it's there because you see there's one little entrance to it. You go down a little ramp to a little boat, and the boat carries you across. But if you're not really paying attention, there you're in the thick of the crowd. You don't really notice out of the peripheral. There's an island over there in the water. Yep. Like when, as you're walking, you know, walking through Frontierland, you're passing the Mercantile, passing Country Bears over here on your right side in the water. There's an island there. And even if you see the island, you may not even notice there are boats going back and forth between the island carrying people back and forth. And that's yeah. something a lot of people forget is there's an island there, and it's, there's like an adventure playland there, and there are rocking chairs there in places to relax, and there is shade there, which is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. So, Very nice. So yeah, <clears throat> that's a good idea. Um, one of the things I, I tell my families, even before they go, is to sit down with your family and prioritize what you want to do. You know, um, it's it's one thing to say, you know what, I want to ride everything. I'm going to ride Splash and Big Thunder and Haunted Mansion and, and Mine Train and everything. Well, if it's really, really busy, you have to understand you may not be able to ride every single thing you want to ride in one day yeah. because it's so busy. So what do you want to ride more than anything else? Okay, you know, Junior, what do you want to ride? And Sally, what do you want to ride? And I want to ride this. And, and as a family, you come up with this list of like, no matter what, we want to make sure with these, we want to make sure we do these four or five or six attractions. Obviously, we look at your fast passes. We plan your fast passes for those. Sure. Knock those out. So that's three of those rides you want to ride. Um, as we said earlier, you know, get there before the park opens. That way, you can get in there. And let's, you know, if you if you want to ride Space Mountain, Haunted Mansion, and Big Thunder, those are your three big ones. And you also want to ride Mine Train. Get the fast passes for what you can. That fourth one, go straight there. And what I've learned too, and this works especially if if, if families have two days at Magic Kingdom. On the second day, I send them, I send them to the left as soon as they walk in. Go to Adventureland, go to Frontierland. Oh my gosh, Jungle exactly Cruise, what I say. Aladdin, yes. Pirates, Splash, yes. Big Thunder. Even go straight to Splash and Big Thunder. Ride those first because most of the crowd, probably 80% of the crowd are going to two places, Mine Train and Space Mountain. Yep. They're, they're heading that way. You cut left, you're going to be able to walk on at least two to three rides in that first hour. Even when it's really busy, you're not going to have a long wait. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so. Good plan. What else? That's, what what yeah, else? That's do you great think? advice too. So another thing I tell them is some of the what you might call people leader rides because even when lines are kind of crazy, I right. love to go to Tomorrowland and I love to get on the People Mover. Oh yes, yes because yes, yes. yeah, and sometimes yeah, like it, it'll shock me. I'm like, that's like a five ten minute line, but it's only a five or ten minute line. But don't be scared by that line because that line is continually it moves moving. so fast. And there's something about and spaceship spaceship Earth is a lot like this too. There's something about. I would almost rather move and continually move in yes. a thirty-minute line than to stand in a twenty-minute line. Me Just stand there too. in twenty minutes. Because like it's almost like you're like driving. Yes. I, you know, you're, I, I would rather take. I'd rather drive. I'd rather get home in forty-five minutes driving than to get home in thirty minutes sitting in traffic and, and stop Just, and go traffic. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I agree. And and yep. so that's what something I tell people. And honestly, if it's not busy on that ride. Like, you can be like, can I just loop around again? 
They'll yeah. be like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yep. Yep. And that's that's important too because you have people mover. You've got the Carousel of Progress. Don't sleep on that either. If you like Disney and you like Disney oh, history yes. and cute, fun Disney things, watch Carousel of Progress. If you like naps, go to Carousel of Progress. Um, right. I, I'm I'm in the former. I love Carousel of Progress. I don't ever sleep sleep in it, but it is a good place to go and relax. Close your eyes for yep. a minute. You know, it's a 20 minute attraction. Exactly. It's very very cool in there. Very dark in there. Not very loud. So yeah, take some time out. Yeah, I, I, I love doing that. And by the same token, I mean, and again, I'm like you. I don't sleep during that one. But I also right. love to go into the Tiki Room for the same reason. Oh, nice. Nice. I I don't do the Tiki Room a whole lot, um, but that's actually a good idea. Well, the Tiki Room, and you've also got Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor. Right. The problem with that is you do have a good – if you get in there right as the show's starting and you don't – you miss the mm-hmm. show, you have a good 20-minute standing time before you can get into the next show. Correct. But it is a good 20, 25-minute sit-down. Hall of Presidents is the same way. Yep. Um, and so any of those rides, those attractions, you actually have like quote-unquote shows where you can go and sit. Uh, yes. Those are good. Those are good ways to kind of kill some time, especially if – you know, your last fast pass you just finished, you look on, you don't have your next fast pass for two hours. Yeah. You know, the next one you get, let's kill some time. Let's go and just chill in in, you know, let's go do people mover. Let's go do yeah. lap floor. Let's go do Carol Soul Progress. And yeah. So, yeah. Do, good. Do you know another one that I, I truly have been pretty impressed with is uh the Little Mermaid ride. I it's, think that's the line queue... is usually not that long either. The queue right. is you know, and only part of it's in the sun. So if you're going in July when it's busy Right. You will have to, but that that leads to the whole like you knew it was going to be hot thing. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. Once you get into those caves, you it's a pretty it's continually moving ride, and you kind of move fairly quickly. I and was so, going to say it's fairly yeah. quick movement, and I just I to me it's an interesting cue. There's a lot to look at. Right. There's and, some hidden Mickey's all through there. Exactly, and I've very rarely ever come across a um, a time where I'm out in the sunshine part. Like typically, I feel like right. I'm in the caves. Um, right. We yeah. rode it last week. We went spring break, and we rode it last week. And there was probably – it was about a 20-minute wait, and I think five minutes was spent in the sun. Again, continually moving, slowly moving through the line. Uh, the queue is massively long. Oh, it's and so, so long. for those of you who know me, and it, which means if you know me, you were probably in this area, which means you've been to Atlanta Six Flags. The Batman ride at Six Flags is a great ride. But when it opened, they expected the lines to be forever long, and they were. But they didn't anticipate the lines getting so short, so the queue is just right. a long walk. And that's the way the, the Little Mermaid ride is. Even if the Fast Pass line, it's still kind of a long walk through. Um, Harry Potter ride, uh, Universal is the same way. You have to walk through the entire queue. And so, you know, you have to walk through a lot to get there. Um, and we walked probably two or three minutes to get to the end of the line. The line was outside for maybe a, two or three minutes, and then we were in the cave. Then we yeah. were in coolness, which was really nice. And so, um, of course, it was rather cool last week, but still. Yeah, it was but nice still, to be in the cave. It's nice to be out of the sun. <laughs> it is nice to be out of the sun. Uh, another thing, too, that, that I want to stress to families is you have to be patient. You just have to because there are there are people that will just do whatever they can to get wherever they can. They'll move fast. They're not paying attention. Maybe they're on their phones. Right. They're pushing their strollers not, or they're in their wheelchairs not paying attention to anybody. Yep. And you have two options. If you get, if you get clocked in the shins by a stroller oh. or if somebody cuts you off in line or somebody bumps into you because they're not paying attention, you got two options. One – you can get mad, you can get angry, you can get furious, you can give them a stern look, you can just get furious, whatever. Or two, you can walk over, walk away, brush it off, and be like, I'm at Disney, I'm on vacation. Yep. That guy's a jerk. I'm yep. not worried about it. Move on. Exactly. Because you'll never see that person again, ever. Um, you know, that's a one time happening. 
they weren't paying attention. Chances are they weren't paying attention. It wasn't intentional. It's not like, hey, guy in the orange, I'm going to hit you with my stroller. Bang. They were probably just weren't paying attention. Hopefully they will pay attention from here on out because you're their guinea pig. You're their sacrificial lamb so they can pay attention now. Be patient. Um, lines are going to be long. You know, for fast passes and stuff, you know, there may be some rides, especially if you have if you have older kids that are okay with lines. There may be some rides where you're like, you know what? We've been trying to get on my train all day. The lines have been at least an hour long. We're just gonna suck it up and do it. Let's just get in line and do yeah. it. And it's not the best thing. And I've and I've worked with sure. families on this. Uh, Epcot's a great a great example of this. With you, with your top top tier, you get Frozen, you get Soarin', and you get uh, Test Track. You pick one of those three. The other one you can go straight to when the park opens. That leaves the third one that you don't have any, you don't have nothing for. Um, and I tell families, I'm like, you know what? You may just have to accept the fact that you have to wait in line for that one. Right. You just have, we're saving you tons of time with all those other fast passes and all the other strategies. Sometimes you look at it and go, all right, Soarin' is an hour and 20 minutes, but we really want to ride it. It's four o'clock in the afternoon. We've done everything we want to do. Let's just, let's just do it. And you got to be patient. You got to yeah. be, it's not the greatest thing. You don't want to do it, but if you've saved all this other time with all your other fast passes, this is the one time you have to wait in line. Right. And, and if, and honestly, if there's like one attraction that you have to do that for, I mean, you're overall, <laughs> you're still doing pretty well. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, because, because there are a lot of people who don't, you know, if you follow the other touring strategies, there's a lot of people who don't have those and they might only get three rides done all day. You know? Right. Oh yeah. So I have that's, seen, ooh. I've seen people in busy times walking around with maps in their hand and actually heard, ha- heard them having conversations of, I don't know what to do next. I don't know where to go. I heard one family in the jungle cruise that were behind our family. I didn't know about fast passes. Did you? I didn't either. I just found out about what's up. I didn't even know what a fast pass was. And I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh. And because those are the, and I've said this before, those are the families that are going to go home, complain about how busy it was, how expensive right. it was. We'll wait in the line all day and we'll never go back. You'll yep. never go back because you didn't plan for anything. That's why you're not going to go back. Exactly. Because <laughs> so, if you plan you know. for it, it's very, it's very manageable. Like, I, yeah. I, heck, I've gone on the 4th of July where you cannot walk through that bottleneck between yep. Peter Pan and Small World. We still yep. got stuff done. I mean, not as yep. much as we typically do, and it's fine. But, yeah. you know, it's doable. Yeah, and I think that's that goes to what I also wrote down, too, is tempering your expectations of I can't expect to ride every single thing today. I'm not, I'm not going to go to the Magic Kingdom for one day on July th- the 3rd and expect to ride everything and have a perfect spot for the fireworks. It's just not going to work gonna that happen. way. You're going to be able to ride probably four or five things in the course of a day. And that you really wanted to ride, hopefully, and you may have to wait two to two and a half hours for a good spot for the fireworks or just expect to not have a great viewing for the fireworks because you got in line a little bit later. Right. And that's okay. That's your choice. Or do a dessert party and have good feelings. Exactly. My my niece actually works at the dessert party. When you see Madeline, just go, hey, Madeline, I know David Dollar. And she'll say, I I know uh, he's my uncle. And she won't help you get special seating for that or anything or give you special desserts, but you know, it'll be fun to make that connection. <laughs> so, you know, I don't carry any weight there. I mean, I'm unlike unlike Jennifer, who carries lots of weight oh, there. Please. I mean, she, she walks in and pushes her, pushes her way around. So anything, any other tips, any other ideas for the busy families wow. or for the busy days? I mean, those are those are a lot of my top ones. Honestly, I think like we sort of talked about earlier for the busy days, going in with the plan is really just right key you know right. and then knowing those few places to go 
in the interim when you're waiting two hours for a fast pass like aside from of course watching your my disney experience app like oh hey look this line is randomly shorter let's right let's go do that because it's short and also and and family some families don't know this either when you go into that when you when you scan your band for your third fast pass let's say peter pan's your third fast pass it's 11 30 your fast pass starts at 11 30 it's 11 32 you're walking in beep you scan it you go in when you pass that scanner, you don't have to wait till the ride's over. You can actually start looking immediately on My Disney Experience, yep. getting your next Fast Pass. Correct. Because as far as the system is concerned, you've now used that Fast Pass. Whether you ride that ride or not, you've now used, used that Fast Pass. Um, and so you can start looking immediately. And a lot of families don't know that. They think you have to come off the ride. Okay, well, now we can start looking. No, look at it immediately. And yeah. you can change Fast Passes too. And, and a good example of this that, uh, that I use is Hollywood Studios. Go rock, 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 rock and Roller Coaster first. You're walking back up. Let's say you have a Tower of Terror fast pass at 1230. Uh-huh. But the line for Tower of Terror is only 20 minutes. Let's go ahead and knock it out. Let's do it. Go into the system. You can change yeah. your fast pass right there. You know what? Exactly. We just wrote Tower of Terror. None of us are going to ride this crazy thing again. This is all we got. Let's change this to something else, and let's just let's see what else is available. And you change your fast pass. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, a, it's a great little thing. One more thing I wanted to throw in here, too, and this is something I didn't really understand and really kind of grasp until last week. And, and as some of the listeners know, and, and I know that you know, I have a special needs son. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, we, we had the benefit of using the stroller's wheelchair tag. Uh. And what that means basically is, you know, wheelchair access, a lot of rides have certain special wheelchair access. We keep him in the stroller because he is hyperactive and crazy, and it's hard to – He's physically healthy and could could stand in line, but you don't want him to because he'll just be disruptive. To, he'll be touching everybody and grabbing stuff, so we keep him in the stroller. But what we learned <clears throat> is that all four parks – we knew all four parks had a baby care center. But my initial thought of baby care center was, oh, that's where mothers go to nurse their children or you know change the diapers or whatever. Baby care centers are much more than that actually. Uh, all four of them – I walked in – I visited all four, and – all four have like several rooms, little kitchens with microwaves, things like that. We had to heat our son's break, our, our son's meals up because we brought a special diet. Uh, had, had to heat the meals up in the in the in there, but it's quiet in there. All of them have like little areas with tables and chairs you can sit and feed. Not just, I mean, they have nursery oh, rooms wow. and stuff. But if you want to sit and feed your no child idea. in the school or whatever, do that. They have little areas of like little, almost like a little market where you can buy everything from pacifiers to bibs to baby wipes to formula, to special food, snacks. doesn't have to be for Tyler's, for snacks and stuff there. Um, they have little quiet rooms where like TVs are going where you can sit and watch Mickey Mouse cartoons. So, and I, if you're adults, I don't say go here because you're not, this is not really for you. But if you have small children, it doesn't have to be a newborn, even a toddler, even a small child, four, five, six, and your child, you know, you can tell your kid needs a break. Your kid's got to have it. You, I got to find somewhere to take this kid because this kid's just overwhelmed. Doesn't even have to be special needs. Some kids just get completely overwhelmed. Sure. Go sure. to the baby care center. Grab a snack. Go in there. Go sit down at the table. It's quiet in there. It's cool in there. Just chill and relax and just just chill out. And that's exactly what we did. And one time, one day we did that. And our son's very good about not being overwhelmed. But you could tell he was tired and he needed to rest. And so we went in there. We fed him in there. We took 30 minutes. My wife kind of closed her eyes for a minute. He just kind of chilled. He played on his iPad. Took, just took 30 minutes. Just in a little room there. Just quiet. They have bathrooms that are there. That are, they have bathrooms outside of each one. But they have bathrooms inside yeah. there that are single stall. So if you need to take your child into the bathroom to change clothes or do anything, you can do that. They have changing tables, larger changing tables for larger children and stuff. Baby care centers are valuable. <clears throat> very, very valuable. So don't don't overlook those. And again, don't go there just because you're like, oh gosh, we're so hot. Let's just go have a seat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe not but that. If, <clears throat> but it is a place of rescue if you need it. If you have a child that's just like 
you know, I got to get this kid somewhere because he's going to get nuts. Just, you know, take, take 30 minutes and don't, and that's for anybody really too. find a spot. doesn't have to be there, but find a spot in each of the parks and just chill out for 30 minutes. Go get some ice cream, share a funnel cake, or just go and sit down. Um, Magic Kingdom is a great example. Leave the Magic Kingdom, hit the monorail, do the loop three or four times and just relax. And because you need, you know, you do. It's July. It's 87 degrees outside. You're 90 degrees. You're all hot. You're all sweaty. You're a little dad's a little grumpy because he's, the amount of money he's spending. Right. Mom's a little grumpy because Junior's been so hyperactive. Just go find a place. Yeah. The rides will be there. The lines will be there. Just relax. Yeah. And because you're there to spend time as a family and to make memories. And so if you know people are getting cranky, you know what? Cut it. And go back and take a swim. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, do that or. you know, do that and go back later because, you know, you know, when everyone's schedule is not going to be normal, it's going right. to be thrown off or whatever. Right. But, but truly it's something that, you know, if everyone's like, oh, I'm so tired of waiting in a line. Well, then don't go get right. an ice exactly. cream. Go, exactly. go, go head back and do something else and then come yeah. back when you're refreshed. Now, and I know that, you know, our family never goes back to the resort because it is kind of a handle. You got to catch the sure. bus. You got to drive mean, back yeah. to the resort or whatever. But we do, we, we will do that Magic Kingdom thing. We'll catch the monorail or we'll stop off at, at each resort, you know, where it's quieter. It's not quite as busy. We'll do a little shopping, a little walking yeah. around, you know, get to the next, get to the the Polynesian, go in there, have a Dole Whip, and relax. You can still see the Magic Kingdom in the distance, but you're kind of sitting under the awning there where it's nice and cool. Maybe go to the Grand Floridian, sit in the big lobby, just kind of explore a little bit, especially if you have people in your family that are like, oh, I don't want to sit because this is our vacation. We just want to sit and waste time. Go hit the resorts. Hit those resorts. Take a boat over to Fort Wilderness. I did Fort Wilderness last week. Fort Wilderness is amazing. Did yeah. not realize how incredible Fort Wilderness was. Um, you know, do some activities in Fort Wilderness. Do some stuff over there and just get out of the parks and just, you know, take two hours and not be in the parks and not be in a line relax recharge and like you said when you recharge then you say okay you know what let's go to the line again let's do it yeah exactly and sometimes that's what you need you actually get more bang for your buck that way because you have energy and you don't feel so drained and nobody's grumpy anymore and everybody's not exactly mad anymore which is which is a big deal because grumpiness can ruin your vacation you don't want to be grumpy so oh no one wants that right good tips good uh, good tips good talk very very good so if somebody's like hey i love that jennifer navat amish girl from pennsylvania where can i find her (laughs) where can we find you on the interwebs on the interwebs i am at upon a star gin i'm pretty much on all the platforms that way except for facebook it's upon a star concierge and um but yeah that's or you can always head over to divas dish diz Yes. And Go there, like her stuff, like her page. We're both travel agents. I want you, I would love for you to come to me, listener, but if you decide to go to her, that's okay too. We want you to have a travel planner. We want because, you, to, yeah, that's, you know, for us, and I, that's the thing. I, I tell people all the time, well, I get I get tagged all the time by friends. They're like, hey, you know, you need to talk to this guy. Somebody will post, hey, I want to know about Disney World. Who can right, help me? Right, right. You know, and I get tagged and I'll see like 15 other people have already been tagged. And so my immediate response is, thanks for tagging me. You know, I encourage you, get a travel planner. Whether it's me or whether it's any of these other people in this, in, in, these fine people in this this uh, thread, get a travel planner, and then I just attack myself. <laughs> and so, yeah, um, yeah, I'm like I, I can't, you know, because I've had, like the, the dozens of times I've been tagged in those. I think one person's actually contacted me, um, you know, to, yeah. to book a vacation, which is better than nothing. I'll take it. Absolutely, but absolutely. Usually, I get tagged in the midst of like 50 other people. So, 
So anyway, so you can find you can find me on the web at magiconadollar.com is the website. Go there, like I said, to the podcast page. Uh, go find on iTunes. You can find my podcast, of course, the Mod Pod that you're listening to now, uh, and Divas Dishes. Find us both there. Subscribe to both. Leave reviews for both. We love five stars. That's the most magical number in the world. Yes. Stars, we love it. Um, I always like to say, if you want to leave me one star, just don't leave me a star. Just send me an email and tell me how terrible I am and do it that way. That helps me out because you don't ever have to listen again. But um, <laughs> hopefully there's no one-star people out there. I'm just, just keeping it honest. Just keeping it real. And so, uh, yeah, you can also email me magiconadollar at gmail.com. If you have travel needs, I'd love to help you out there as well. Or, like I said, find Jen. Um, so that's our show. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us once again. Thank you, David. It was great to be back on. Yes, I had a good time. And don't forget to thank a Phoenician. <laughs>